Welcome to When We Speak, where we shed stigmas, say goodbye to shame, strengthen ourselves, and encourage others. I am your host, Tasha Hunter. This is a podcast where I am blending the intersections of race, gender, sexuality, faith, and trauma. If there is a topic that most people say we're not supposed to talk about, I'm talking about it because that is how we heal. We don't heal in silence. We heal by speaking out. Today's episode is about suicide awareness, and there are several pieces to this topic that I want to discuss around awareness, prevention, and how we we love each other in real, tangible ways. I want to start by sharing my story, my own story, my own suicide attempt. While I feel led to discuss this topic as a survivor, as a therapist, for some reason, there's also some nervousness. And I just want to acknowledge that today is a, it's a hard topic, but I feel, I feel led to continue. If you have read my memoir, What Children Remember, what you're hearing today will be some of some of my story, right? At the age of 10, I remember vividly having my my first thoughts of of ending my life. Walking from my house to the bus stop each day, I would look up to the clouds and I would just ask God to bring me home. I would ask God on the way to the bus stop every morning, God, do you see me? Like I'm right here. I'm tired of hurting. I'm tired of crying. I'm tired of being unloved. I'm tired of feeling unwanted. By the age of 10, I had been removed from the only family that I felt loved me and showed me love. I was born to an 18-year-old young mother who did not want me. And if you're asking, well, how do you know whether she wanted you or not? Because she told me and she showed me, she told me she wished that she would have aborted me. She told me that a number of times. She physically and verbally abused me and did things throughout my life, even into adulthood, that proved over and over and over and over again that she did not love me. She did not see me as her daughter. By the age of 10, I had also been sexually abused by my brother. I did not have a biological father in my life or a father figure to protect me, to show me that my life mattered, that that my life did have value, that I was meant to be here. And I grew up feeling alone. I often use the analogy of feeling like I was in the wilderness, surrounded by a lot of people, but I was invisible. There was a period in my childhood where I felt like I was being punished for some reason, like God was punishing me, even believing that that God hated me or that God didn't love me because of the situation in which I was born in. By the time I was 21, the person I was married to at the time we were young. We shouldn't have gotten married. There were issues. I was in a crisis situation and I felt like, okay, God, I've given you 11 years to show me that I'm loved, to protect me, to make my life better. I'm ready to die. I've been asking you to end my life and you've not done so. And so by the age of 21, although my life really had not started yet, I felt like my life needed 
to be over. I felt, again, like there was no reason for me to live because I did not have a family of origin to love and protect me to be there for me, to validate me. I didn't have very many close-knit friends. I was in the military. I just didn't see a way out. When When I thought about my life, I thought of it from a lens of it will always be this way because it's always been this way. The voices inside my head kept saying, the pain is too much. You can't go on. A year from now, you'll still be in pain. 10 years from now, you'll still be in pain. And I listened to the voices The attempt that I made on my life, the doctor said, you shouldn't be here because I shot myself. We don't know how you made it. The bullet went in within an inch of my heart. It did not damage any internal organs. It moved downward in my body. The doctor said, we don't know how this happened. It didn't do what it was designed to do. You're not supposed to be here. And I felt very much like, you're right, I am not supposed to be here. And it makes me nervous talking about this because this isn't a topic that many people talk about as a survivor. And I'm also aware of my Blackness, that I'm a Black woman admitting that I tried to end my life. And that is even less common. But I feel like if one person hears my story and is encouraged by it, or it changes the trajectory of your life, or it changes your own thought patterns in such a way that you decide to live, then me sharing my very vulnerable emotional story is worth it. Not easy. I don't feel like I would be giving my life the respect and the honor it deserves if I bury my experience because of shame. So I'm sharing my experience and asking that part of me that that feels too embarrassed or too ashamed <laughs> to step back a little. Because someone listening to this, I believe it's going to help at least one person, many more, but at least one person. We heal when we tell our story. We heal when we're honest about our experiences, about our pain, about our suffering, about our trauma. And this episode is in honor of the one person every 11 minutes that chooses to end their life. I am speaking for you. And I hope that my story resonates. We often hear that we can't heal what we don't acknowledge. And that's just not a cliche or a meme. It's the truth. I have to acknowledge my story in order to keep healing. You have to acknowledge your story in order to keep healing. Another point that just came to mind is that so often we are afraid of what our own healing will look like, afraid of, is it even possible to to heal from any of the, the things that we've been through? Is it possible to have a whole new reality, to wake up and not feel like dying, to not feel like we're the only ones in the world going through what we're going through. Sometimes we we fear that a better life isn't possible. Better people into our lives isn't possible. And so much of healing happens when we confront our fears, when we confront our discomfort, when we confront our uncertainty. I believe with my whole heart that that is the only way to get through anything. Confronting the fear, confronting the discomfort, confronting the uncertainty. Because those three things are what keeps us from even starting 
from changing, from evolving. It's the fear, the trauma, it's the depression, it's the anxiety that keeps us stuck, stuck living and existing in the same old patterns over and over and over. I've said this before, and I'll say it again, in order to heal, I believe that you have to be willing to do anything. You have to be at a point in your life where you're willing to do anything to get well. You'll do anything to get a new life, a different life, a different reality. This may mean ending relationships with toxic, harmful, dysfunctional people. This may mean joining a 12-step group, attending the meetings, adding it a part of your schedule, making time for it, ridding yourself, ridding your life of dangerous, abusive, toxic places and things, whatever those places and things are, saying goodbye because you're willing to do anything to feel better, incorporating meditation, incorporating reading books, studying healing, watching things on YouTube, following people who are in the healing community that have advice and recommendations that would be helpful to you, changing your schedule, your eating habits, changing your health, getting serious about your medical care. And my favorite, attending therapy, making therapy a part of your every week, working through the things during the week that you and your therapist discuss and are focused on, spending time in the sun, exercising, incorporating faith and spirituality into your healing, asking for help, and being honest about what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, what your reality is like with a safe person, incorporating pleasure into your everyday. Out of everything that I just mentioned, the most important is getting help. And if you've gotten help and it didn't work, try again. And if it didn't work that time, try again. Being someone who specializes in the areas that you're most impacted by. So if that is getting help with addiction, getting help with disordered eating, maybe you are experiencing trauma as a result of being in the military. Maybe you've experienced trauma as a result of, of growing up in poverty. Maybe you need help because you're an immigrant, a first generation, a second generation immigrant. Maybe you're in the trans community or the LGBTQ plus community, but finding someone who specializes in your area of need is vital. The other most important thing is, as I said before, getting rid of toxic people, places, and things. Those are the two most important. Why do I say that, that ridding yourself of toxic people is one of the most important? Because when I think about my own healing, one of the ways that I started to heal from my own trauma is when I stopped believing the words of people who hurt me the most. Stop believing the actions of the people who hurt me the most. When I say stop believing the actions, I stopped assigning a story based off of the actions of others. So just because someone wasn't there for me doesn't mean that I'm not worthy doesn't mean that I'm not loved, doesn't mean that I'm not important. Maybe I'm not important, worthy, or loved to them, but I am worthy, important, and loved by other people, and I am worthy, loved, and important to myself. That change in my belief system had a profound impact on my mental health. Everyone deserves people who care, validate their experiences, listen, help them, Spend time with them and show up because this act of showing up, this consistent act 
act of showing up for others, showing up for ourselves, that's how you save a life. Showing up for yourself, showing up for others consistently. You lose nothing by reaching out, by saying, hey, I was just thinking about you. I'm here for you. You're important. I love you. You lose nothing by telling someone that you love them and that you're thinking about them. And while we can't stop every suicide, we can absolutely decrease it. And at least that person that is hurting will know that they're cared about. The next really important aspect of decreasing the suicide rates in America and across the world. The next part that is, that is important for suicide prevention is having important conversations in our family. So asking the question again, what is it that you fear as it relates to having deep, serious, vulnerable conversations? Is it that you fear actual vulnerability? Is it that you fear the conversations that, that, that your vulnerability won't be reciprocated by others? Is it that you fear that you won't be believed? Really ask yourself, what do I fear by having this really important and vulnerable conversation with people in my family, with people in my community? So I'll say this next part is for family, it's for communities, it's for those of you asking, what can I do to help the next person? Start with your family. Commit to family therapy. Ask your insurance, is family therapy covered? Ask the therapist that you have in mind, do you offer family therapy? And if not, who would you recommend? Discuss generational curses and legacy burdens. What do I mean by generational curses or legacy burdens? Discuss within your family, not just the people that you live with. I'm talking about your siblings, your aunts, your uncles, and especially your grandparents. Having conversations about addiction that runs in the family, substance abuse, alcoholism that runs in the family. Ask about suicide that runs in the family, suicidal attempts that run in the family. Ask about mental illness. Start having conversations about if it's common within your family, bipolar, schizophrenia, depression, anxiety. Have conversations about that. A commonality of, of mothers or fathers abandoning their children, leaving the family is single parenting common within your family. Having those discussions. Are teenage pregnancies common in your family? Domestic violence, sexual, physical, emotional abuse. Again, we cannot heal what we cannot acknowledge. Practice having family conversations about topics that make you nervous and uncomfortable. If there is someone in your life who is depressed, their behavior has changed, their schedule has changed, they're more withdrawn, maybe they have an addiction, get comfortable, get brave asking the person that you're concerned about, are you thinking of killing yourself if abuse has happened in your family? Here's the other thing that you can do within your family. Again, we're starting with our own family. What would it look like if abuse has happened? What would it look like for the family to name the abuser, for the family to address the abuse with the abuser? Quit treating the family abuser as if they are more important than the person that's been abused, than the victim, than the survivor. Quit treating the family abuser as if they are more important than the people whose lives they have profoundly impacted. And when I say name the abuser, you're going to name the abuser no matter if they're old, if they have dementia, if they're in a nursing home, 
if they're deceased, you're going to validate, you're going to listen, you're going to comfort, you're going to care. You're going to put an end to the abuse that's happened in every generation. You have to talk about it so that it doesn't continue. You're going to stop ignoring major issues while you continue to have family functions, acting as if everything is okay when it's not. You're going to stop requiring families to get together when an abuser is present. I think one of the most dangerous things that families do is, is continuing on as if everything is okay. We're still gonna have the birthday parties. We're still gonna have the family reunions. We're still gonna have the cookouts. When the abuser is there and the victims are there and everyone is pretending like everything is okay. When we look at mental illness, the prevalence of uh, psychotic breaks, when we look at suicide rates in women and in others, how much of that is due to abuse not being validated. If we want to start with our families and in our communities and in our schools, we're going to speak up and stop being cowards. Stop making excuses for not speaking up. We can, we can think of a whole lot of things to do besides speak up. There isn't enough prayer or pretending in the world that will stop trauma. You must have acknowledgement. You must have empathy, accountability, justice, changed behavior, and intentional love. You want to decrease suicide rates in your family? I'm going to say it one more time for anybody that is listening. You must have acknowledgement. You must have empathy. You must have accountability, justice, changed behavior, and intentional love. If we're going to stop suicide or decrease suicide rates in our families and in our communities. So in order to do all of those things, you're going to have to stop normalizing bullying, intimidation, and violence. You're going to have to start standing on the side of the victim or the accuser every time, no matter what. Stand on the side of the accuser or the, the person that was abused every time, no matter what. There's not enough money in the world to account for turning your back on somebody that reports being abused. There's not enough money in the world that accounts for turning your back on someone who said that they're hurting, they're in pain. We need intentional love. Addiction and mental illness leads to suicide. We know that. Addiction and mental illness are linked to trauma. You decrease trauma, you also decrease suicide rate. What else can we do within our families or communities? And I'm talking about abuse as it relates to suicide, because so often people who are suicidal have experienced trauma. What is the reason for their trauma? Dysfunctional upbringing, abuse, abandonment, poverty, financial issues, exposure to violence. So even if, let's say I'm using the example of child abuse, even if it wasn't reported when it should have, if you love that person, you're still going to name it. You're still going to validate the concern. Name the motherless daughters, name the fatherless sons, name every disease that runs in your family. Have conversations with your family because healing can't happen without validation. Healing can't happen without awareness or what are the issues that this person is dealing with. And if you can have important, vulnerable, uncomfortable conversations, you can save lives. This is all in honor of the one person who makes a decision to end their lives every 11 minutes. This episode is for you. It's for family members who have experienced suicide. It's for communities who have experienced suicide. And I'm thinking of trans kids. I'm thinking of kids in the LGBTQ plus community. I'm thinking of kids who 
are kind of the outcast or the underdogs in their school. I'm thinking of children who are bullied, who are abused in school. And, and this is abuse from teachers, from coaches, from school administrators, and from other students, because we know that children get it in a variety of ways. Schools and colleges should have the heaviest, most punitive actions against bullying, because we know that bullying often leads children to commit suicide or attempt suicide. Make it uncomfortable for their parents. This is how you change culture. You take the issue seriously. Until parents are inconvenienced, nothing changes. What else needs to happen is having zero tolerance for abusive coaches, abusive teachers, abusive school administrators. Making sure that every adult in the lives of kids, in the lives of college students, that they are safe adults, that they're trauma-informed. What are we saying to people about their pain? And knowing when to advocate for self-care, when to advocate for community care is also essential. We do need both, both community care, people in our community that love us, that validate us, that encourage us, that listen to us, that help us with resources and self-care, knowing what we need individually, mentally, emotionally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, physically, financially, sexually, knowing what we need. So looking at all aspects of self-care, blending that with community care. Everything that I've said today is a holistic means and a comprehensive means of saving someone else's life. I hope that everything that I've stated today has been helpful. I know that I gave you a lot to think about, a lot to consider, but I do think that if we're going to decrease the number of people who feel like their only way out is to die, we've got to start caring and we've got to have a radical means, a radical way of loving each other, of showing up for each other. We have to confront ways in which we have individually been abusive, dismissive, silent about the suffering of another person. My heart is so compassionate for and towards people who choose suicide as a means of ending their pain because I know what it's like. I know that they, it's not that they just want to die, it's that they don't want to suffer. And so if it's that they don't want to suffer, they don't want to be in pain anymore. I've mentioned everything that I've mentioned today, because here's what I'm thinking. What is the root of the suffering? What is the root of the pain? We have to address that. And we do that by starting with our family. We do that by having hard, uncomfortable, vulnerable conversations. I hope that this has been helpful to you. I want you all to know that I love you. Purchase my book, What Children Remember, and you can read about my own story of what led me to choose suicide. If you are a loved one who has a family member who has committed suicide, I want you to know that I love you. I care. Keep having hard conversations. Keep getting help for yourself. Keep showing up for others. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you so much for listening to When We Speak. Follow me on Instagram at Tasha Hunter, LCSW. If you haven't done so yet, please rate, review, and follow me on iTunes and share it on your social media. If you want a copy of my book, What Children Remember, it is available on Amazon. Until next time.